Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Into the Fogcast podcast. Today we're going to be talking about Demogorgon. Uh, Demogorgon is from the Stranger Things and it will be removed by the time you hear this podcast. But if you own Demogorgon already, then you're in luck. You can still use him. The only things that will change are his perks along with Steve and Nancy. Anyway, today... I'm also joined with Tofa. Hello, everyone. So, uh, let's talk about some of our own experience with Demo. Um, so, how do you find him to play? Um, to play, I find him really straightforward for the most part. A lot of the time, it's just trying to not get juked out by survivors dodging your shred if you're using that from a distance. But you only really need to do that if you're aiming for your obsession, I find, because a lot of a lot of Demogorgons will run save the best for last because they can just preserve their stacks with their shred on their obsession. It's definitely a go-to perk for Demogorgon. I oh, always yeah, absolutely. I always pair that with Sloppy and Thanophobia as well. Um, I don't have too many perks for um, Demogorgon, but other than save the best for last, I, I aim to at least put points into him until I got that to level three. Other than that, I've been using Tinkerer and Pop because you can, I can just have a network of portals, and I can just portal to the place that has the closest hold to a generator that pops a, t- um, a tinkerer, and then boom, I'm there. As long as I've got a hook stage already in. So that's that is a decent thing about Demogorgon and his portals. I mean, I don't, I don't use the portals as much as I should, mm-hmm. but when it comes to things like trying to lock down three gens, or even just trying to secure um, a killer at the exit gate. It's definitely a must to put them down. And if you've got the uh, add-ons as well, which help you recharge going through the portal quicker, you know, it'll definitely help at the end game. Yeah, absolutely it will. The um, the one for reduced cooldown on successful shred hits as well is probably one of my favourites. The rat liver, I think it is. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure what they are because I think some of them were changed quite recently. But yeah, I, like I said... Uh, I really should be using these portals a little bit more. But I do use this shred quite a bit. Sometimes I struggle and I find the obsession and hit them by mistake. So I really got to keep more of an eye on the uh, the UI in the bottom left corner. Yeah, that could be really tricky to do if some of them are running the same survivor with the same cosmetics as well. You've got to wait until the chase music starts. Definitely very tricky. Um, I just find that hopefully, <laughs> hopefully people run in a straight line. Yeah, because then you can get your easy shreds and stuff. But like you said, you know, if you're running, if you're running slow, um, if you're running, save the best for last. You really want to be just hitting them where you can, using your shred on things like your LT walls and all your other jungle sort of gems. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, I um, I usually found that just getting into close range with the survivor that happens to be a, the obsession, just to you know really secure that hit. Because if you do it at a distance, you're just gonna like take the you're gonna take the chance that you're gonna miss, and then they're gonna get even more distance. And that's another thing about missing as well. You know, a lot of the side of survivors they do try and duke from left to right. So a lot of the time, it's all about predicting where they're gonna be mm-hmm. and to land your shred there. Yeah, especially if you think they're gonna be going in through like a doorway or a narrow narrow corridor where there's no hope of blocking it of dodging it at all as well if they if you if they're going to head for one of them then it's a free hit i've also had it a few times where i'm chasing the survivor down and i pretend to like shred and then they just use their dead hard which makes it a lot easier just to get the 
the down. Oh, it's, it's amazing bait. I've had um, several times very recently, actually, where people have dead harded whilst I'm shredding, but because they dead hard away from me and I make the distance with the leap, their dead hard animation is over and I've still got them at the end of my shred. What they need to do is turn around and dead hard through you, just like if you were going against a blight rushing. Oh yeah, we talked about that last week. Yeah, a very similar sort of rule set applies there. Okay, so um, yeah, his perks have changed. Um, so one of them is called Jolt, mm-hmm. which was Surge. Um, the other one is called, is it Chlorophobia? No, that's the clown perk. That's the clown one. I think it's Claustrophobia, because Claustrophobia is the fear of enclosed spaces. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's called that. And with it blocking off all of the um, window vaults when you complete a gen, I, I think that's the one. I'm more, because of that, I'm almost certain that's what it's called. It was the one that makes the most sense. Yeah, and remind us what the other perk is. Um, it used to be called Mindbreaker, but it's now called Fearmonger, and it has a little extra effect to it as well, where rather than, as well as making you exhausted, it also makes you blind on the generator, and it lingers for like five or so seconds after as well. Yeah, it's not a perk that I've that gets used very often, to be honest. Nope. I mean, I have gone against it a few times, and but I, I don't use that many exhaustion perks. At the time, I think it was just exhaustion, stuff like that. Yep, it doesn't get um, in the way at all when I'm on the receiving end of Fearmonger. Like, if I was running Sprint Burst, maybe. Yeah, exactly. So, um, let's talk about going against Demo. So, as we talked about, you know, tr- try not to run in a straight line. Um definitely not the best idea especially with this shred if you know they're using save the best for last you just need to try and make distance really mm-hmm. so some exhaustion perks will help life sprint burst if you can 99 it um dead hard will help you get to windows and you know if he's got line of sight dead hard ain't gonna help you much to be honest no death sentence especially if you've already used it once and they the killer knows you have it then as well they'll just bait it out exactly um, so obviously with his portals as well now I don't tend to do this I don't tend to try and take the portals down um, takes too long you know I'd rather just get the gender and get out the map um, I mean if I've got somebody else there and they want to take it down then I'll do that but you know it's not my top priority um, when you've got one gen left to do then you've got to be really careful because he's a lot of these Demogorgon players, they put them really close to the gen. So when you walk over them, they get some sort of notification to say that the that you're standing on top of it, and they'll just come straight to you. Yeah, but they have to be holding their shred to be able to see that in the first place anyway. They'll also put it around a corner as well, where it's out of line of sight, because they get that little bit of undetectable when they emerge. Oh yeah, that's a new change, the undetectable status now, isn't it? For a few seconds. Mm-hmm. With add-ons that buff it, buff it as well. Yeah. Um, so he can have a lot of slowdown to his kit, you know, especially with Jolt. I've seen a lot of people run Jolt. Um, it's not. It's a decent perk on some killers. So It synergizes well with Ruin. It does very well. Um, if I'm correct though, um, when Jolt um procs uh the gen doesn't regress straight away does it it does it does yeah as soon as the survivor is downed um even if ruin is already regressing the generator it will take off that extra um what is it six seven percent oh okay like immediately off 
and Ruin will continue to regress it at double its um, regression speed if, as if it was kicked. There you go. I'll learn something new. So, yeah, I mean, some good perks, really. I, I find Lucky Break, I've used it a few times, but it's more situational than anything else. Uh, Hex, Shadow Step, and Iron Will are pretty good. When against him, I mean, I've used Shadow Step a few times. It's probably one of the best boon totems at the moment. Uh, Iron Will is a must on pretty much all survivors. No, that's in my, I never leave home without it if I count. Yeah, it's the same with me. I, you know, it's always that. And I always use Spine Chill as well, because you never know if you're going to go against a stealth killer. Mm. I don't like relying on Spine Chill too much, but I'll, if I'm doing my fast felt build, it's always there. But I mean, any, anything to help you stay hidden and stuff like that is, is okay in my books. Yeah. And even, um, I have this, um, I don't know if it's just me, I hope it's not just me, but when I'm vaulting a window or, or, or like a pallet against a Demogorgon that's going for a shred, it always seems like their reach over the window is a little bit too generous. So I always find like the fast vault build is slightly bit, a bit more effective against them than any other killer as well. Yeah, it's definitely hit validation, which they have tried to fix. I'm not still convinced on it. A lot of people seem to think it's working, but... In my opinion, I've I've been hit with some absolute dodgy stuff. Oh, from the moon! Exactly, the literal moon. Uh, any final thoughts on the Demogorgon? Um, he's one of the killers I enjoy going against. There's not many I don't like going against, but there's not many I really enjoy going against. Um, Demogorgons and Billies are probably the two I enjoy going against the most, because I just feel that. They, even though they get their dodgy hit validations over window vaults, I just feel they're one of the most balanced ones to go against. They're not too oppressive. Um, they have good map mobility as well, which they have to work for with portals and rely on survivors not taking them down. I just think he's all around a good killer to go against, and he's a lot of fun to play as as well. Oh, he most definitely is. I enjoy opening my mouth up and doing that just before I get an M1 on someone as well. Yeah, he's definitely a decent killer. I mean... Like, something we haven't mentioned as well, a lot of people do use their shred to try and break pallets, you know, just as they're dropping the pallet. So, you know, you've got that. It's a lot quicker than kicking a pallet. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. You just, just pre-ready that shred as soon as you get around to the pallet. Kind of just like how a Huntress will, like, pull out a hatchet when she gets to the pallet part of the loop to throw over it. It's really a guessing game if you've got to, like, drop the pallet or not. If you think you can get away with rounding the corner before he pulls off his shred, then you can go for it. Otherwise, he's just going to drop his shred and just M1 you instead. Well, that's the thing. A lot of people, when they go around the pallet, they, they walk backwards a couple of steps in the hoping to bait them to drop the pallet, and then they can just quickly shred. Yeah, they can also do this little, little sidestep left and right A and D, a little um, strafing thing to make it look as if they're about to go for the pallet. I do that all the time as well. It kind of tricks people into thinking I'm going through it. Nice. Well, I've got him at P3 at the moment. I think I've only got him at like level 22, but I'm working my way through all the killers. I'm trying to get them all up to P250, and I think I've got one left to do. But yeah, Demogorgon's kind of one I really want to put points into at the moment. Mm -hmm. I feel an honourable mention for a perk for him to use is Devour Hope as well. I can see that working. Because... You could really guard that totem. You can just put a pull down in front of it, and you can just use the add-on where you don't need to charge your shred. 
to see people with killer instinct on your portals, even a closed portal as well, you just they, it just always goes off. It becomes a passive effect that always works. And that's our experiences for and against the demo. So now let's get into the interview. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Into the Fogcast podcast. Today, we're going to be speaking to another guest. So, first of all, who are you and who do you mean? Um, hello, everybody. I am Daddy Jesus, also known as Crumb Jesus, and I am very sleepy and cold. <laughs> um, I've been playing Dead by Daylight since November 2016. I'm a current game shooter at the official Dead by Daylight Discord server, and I'm a pretty small scale content creator. And that's my main. I'm an avid Demogorgon player. Cool. So what do you enjoy playing about this killer? Um, I think the thing that made me fall in love with Demogorgon is um, how balanced he is. I would definitely say he's the most balanced killer across the board. And that intrigues me because everything I can do as a killer can be countered by the survivors. So whenever I'm playing Demogorgon, I'm always on my feet, constantly having to think, predict, mind game and position correctly. In every chase and loop, the survivor stands an equal chance to outplay me, which I know for quite a lot of killer players can be a stressful thing, but I love having the fact that each side stands an equal chance at winning because I think that's when true skill shines. Uh, every chase is a 50-50, which is why Demogorgon is also my favorite killer to go against as a survivor as well. Okay, well, let's talk about the build. What is your go-to perk build and can you run through the synergy of the perks and killer power? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, my go-to build is a fairly standard build, honestly. Uh, nothing too fancy. Um, straight off the bat, Save the Best for Last is a staple in my build, along many Demogorgons, because for those who don't know, when you shred a survivor, you don't gain or lose stacks, which means that you can get yourself up to 8 stacks, have decreased weapon swipe animation, aka screeching, and never lose those 8 stacks by simply using Shred on the Obsession. Um, barbecuing the Chili, uh, Barbican Chili is another staple in all of my builds across all killers. Uh, main reason is I love the double blood point gain, but there's also its synergy with Demogorgon and his portals, where similar to Freddy, you can hook a survivor, see another survivor on a gen, immediately teleport and be on another survivor within mere seconds. And as to portal placements and how to place your portals, well, we'll get into that soon, I'm sure. Um, Third perk I like to run is a gen slowdown perk. Now this perk kind of depends on the player. There are a number of people who run corrupt intervention and ruin, but I personally prefer Pop Goes Weasel. And my main reason is I'm a very chase oriented and aggressive demo organ. The other perks are much more portal and gem pressure oriented. Uh, being aggressive, that's how I like to play him and say the best for last also warrants that playstyle as it requires you to keep engaging in chases and hitting survivors. So playing off of that, every time I hook a survivor I now have Pop Goes the Weasel, but also information about the gens being worked on at the moment because of barbecue and chili. So I'll combine my barbecue and my portals teleport over, push the survivor off the gen, and Pop Goes the Weasel if that makes sense. Um, and lastly, this is the more of a perk of choice type slot that I play around with a lot. Currently, I'm running Enduring as my fourth perk. It's a nice combo with the fact that, as I've said, I'm a very aggressive demo. So when you have a Demogorgon who can chew through pallets with a Shred, who's also playing aggressive, combined with the fact that they have saved the best for last and Enduring, it can be very oppressive in chases because if the survivor drops the pallet, I can easily break the pallet and be back on them within seconds. If they go for a stun, 
because of injuring, they basically gain no distance. And if they don't drop the pallet, I get a hit. And the distance they gain from that hit is minimize you to save the best for last. Uh, that's, you know, kind of the overall synergy of my build, um, that it's based around chases and therefore hooks. Do you have any other perk builds just in case people don't have certain killer perks unlocked? Um, the backpack build is a definite suggestion, especially to all the memers out there. Agitation, Iron Grasp, Magrit, and Sarsrock. Thank me later. Um, for generator and portal focus uh, demos that want to utilize demos map pressure, I definitely suggest Corrupt Intervention and Ruin. You can even slip in Undying if you want to. Um, Tinker, even though it isn't as good as it is on Blight, if you focus on the three gens, it will come in handy and thrilling tremors if you want to put it in there. Uh, those play well off of each other with a gen-focused Demogorgon. Um, other than that, generally good perks on him that you can really substitute wherever you like are Monitor and Abuse because his initial tear radius is very quiet and subdued and you can actually get fairly close to survivors with it on. Um, you can get some value out of Eruption combined with your portals. Uh, crowd control is actually pretty nutty for zoning survivors because whenever they want a window, now they're stuck, they have to go somewhere and you can close that distance very quickly with your shred. And uh, lastly, Spirit Fury, which you can combine with Enduring. So what about some of the free ones that you get? Because um, I just talked about, obviously, some some people might not have certain killers. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so so what, what about some of the free ones, like maybe Sloppy Butcher? Will that work? Um... Look, honestly, if you want to play like a hidden run build that, you know, wraiths and certain ghost faces like to run, for sure you can go for Sloppy Butcher. But I think overall, I would definitely prefer um, Whispers for just overall map knowledge of where everyone is and so that I can quickly get into chases. I would also recommend Bitter Murmur um, as, you know, when you necessarily don't have any teachable perks, you're not going to be able to slow down generators necessarily. So when you have that bitter murmur, it kind of plays into the fact that you can't slow down generators. So generators, generators will be popping off, but you can utilize that to your advantage by basically, you know, getting constant map knowledge about where survivors are and kind of planning around that. And those are the two perks that I would gen genuinely recommend to, you know, people who don't have any teachable perks. Okay, you touched very briefly on at least one meme build, which was the backpack build. Do you have any fun meme builds you like to play? Um, well, like I said, backpacker demo is genuinely my favorite. Other than that, um, I've also recently been experimenting with a no terror radius demo build I cooked up. So I'll put on dark devotion, which is a plague perk that whenever you hit an obsession, um, you're your obsession carries a terror radius. Modern abuse, which kind of, you know, uh, shrinks your terror radius by eight meters. Trail of torment, which is a pyramid head perk, where whenever you kick a generator, um, your uh, your terror radius is gone, and the survivor has to tap the generator uh, in order to, you know, return back to your terror radius. And I'll combine that with trail of torment which, um, sorry, I'll combine that with Dragon's Grip, which is a blind perk where whenever a survivor touches a kicked generator, you get uh, they get the exposed status effect. 
So whenever survivors go to tap that big yellow generator that's hiding my terror radius, they get exposed and I can immediately portal back and claim my down with it. Um, but I think my favorite part of this build is just you don't know where and where Demogorgon will come from, especially in an indoor map. And it's actually so pleasing from my end to round a corner and either grab or shred survivors. I would assume I give them a heart attack each time, but I will be having the time of my life. Yeah, because I know that um, due to a recent change, when you come out of portals now, you're undetectable for a little bit longer. Absolutely. And I think part of it is that you know, usually there's this loud shriek every time you teleport. So people do know that you're teleporting. But if you kind of use that to your advantage and kind of poke different angles, it's so much more pleasing because they know you're teleporting, but they don't know where you're teleporting to. Gotcha. So add-ons, what add-ons do you use and what works well together? Um, funny enough, I actually generally tend to not run any add-ons whatsoever on Demogorgon. However, that being said, there are a few add-ons that I definitely would recommend for people uh, wondering or wanting to know. And they're also the add-ons that I run if I feel like running anything uh, once a year, basically. Um, Blackheart and Barb's Glasses are basically the best add-on combination you can get. And I would say that they are his best add-ons. Uh, Blackheart basically makes your successful shred attack recovery faster by 15%. So basically it's like save the best for last, but for your power. Then there's Barb's Glasses, which is, reduces the recovery time after breaking a pallet with sh shred, which basically is brutal strength, but for shred. Um, another add-on I like is Rotten Pumpkin. Uh, it makes it so that whenever you enter a portal, uh, you know, to traverse upside down or rather teleport, it destroys the portal you entered through. Now, this sounds almost like a burden, but the use of it is that you keep resetting new portals, which makes it so basically the survivors come to a point where they can't keep track of your portals. And you can keep poking them from different angles, and it really makes you unpredictable. But it also helps you with getting back into position without wasting a portal. So for example, you're away from your 3-gen. Without this add-on, if you want to quickly get back to your 3-gen, you put a portal in the middle of nowhere and you basically can't use it besides that one time. It's basically useless. But with this add-on, you pump the portal, you teleport back, and because you just regain the portal by destroying it, you don't have an awkward portal being useless in a corner of the map, if that makes sense. Um, I'll quickly mention Dear Lung and Muse Guts as pretty good add-ons to check out that you can run. I don't think there's much to say about them, but the last add-on I want to bring up is the Eerie add-on uh, Lepros Leichen? Leichen? however you pronounce it, uh, it basically reveals the aura of all survivors while traversing the portal and three seconds after you emerge. And it's basically if Barbecue and Chili and Portals had a baby, especially for people who don't have Barbecue and Chili as a teachable perk, this add-on is very useful. Um, even if you do have barbecue, you can get a lot of value out of it to find survivors as well, because basically every time you teleport, you can just see everyone and previously it used to be just injured people, but now you can see everyone regardless of where they are and three seconds after they emerge as well. So it gives you so much map information that it's like, it's tremendous. It's incredible. Following on from the last question, do you like to change your playstyle based on how the survivors play or just stick to what you know based on the build and map? 
Absolutely. Um, there are always changes to your overall plan every time you go into a game. But generally, the thing I find myself doing the most often is detect my three gen and slowly make my way to it. Whenever I find two gens near each other, I'll chuck a portal in between them. So even if one of them is gone, I can pressure the other. Um, if I pass by an exit gate, I'll chuck one there for late game uh, or after closing the hatch. If I find a survivor, I'll start chasing, pushing towards my 3-gen. Uh, the reason is, not only do I end up in my 3-gen to set up, I also get a down in the area, which gives me even more pressure. If I don't find a survivor, I'll go set up in my 3-gen, and that is my overall goal slash plan every game, really. I know there are a lot of ifs in that plan, but that's basically Dead by Daylight. You know, RNG is always an imminent factor in Dead by Daylight. It's consistently inconsistent, if you will. So you always have to stay on your toes and adapt as you go along, which, you know, with which map you spawn into, survivor spawn, gen spawns, you know, examples to continue. Cool. So, what is your strategy going into the game? Um, does it depend on the map and perks? Um, you know, I think it's almost a mistake to not adapt to, to the survivors you're going against. And this doesn't just go for Demogorgon, of course. Like, like, old killers and survivors have to adapt as they go along. After all, this game is core mechanic is RNG combined with player interaction. And every player is different. Being specific to Demogorgon, there's always the thought process of... Now, what do they do when I charge my shred? Do they start running in circles? Do they keep running in a straight line? Do they use their environment and take sharp corners? Depending on the answer, I'll either cancel my shred to get a hit, even zone survivors don't, or don't shred until I'm out of a position where tight corners can be used against me. That also applies to portals and even 3-genning. Oh, they got rid of my 3-gen. I can't follow my plan to 3-gen anymore, so I have to adapt and set more portals. Is there a specific area that survivors like to heal and reset at? I should set a portal there to catch them off guard and so on. Adapting to other players' playstyle is, in my opinion, the best and most effective way to gain the upper hand in Dead by Daylight. Regardless of which killer you're playing or even which side you're playing, survivors benefit off of it as well. Okay, so let's talk about the totem spawns. How do you think they could be improved? Um, I think that the totem, totem placements have actually improved substantially over the years. Uh, it is only brought down by a few bad eggs, if you will, and I genuinely think they could be cut or at least improved. Uh, the ones I'm talking about are the ones on hills. I think they're the most obvious ones. Other than that, just as a rule of thumb, I don't think totems should spawn next to survivors or survivors should spawn next to totems because there's nothing worse than watching your ruin pop in like the first 15 seconds of a game. They said they were gonna prevent that like three years ago, but that they never came. Um, last idea for an improvement, I'm actually not 100% sure on, and I would love to know what you guys think. A part of me uh, says that totem shouldn't spawn right next to generators, because that is usually an easy cleanse for survivors. I've always felt like totems should be something that survivors actually go out of their way to find, kind of like a secondary objective. But on the other hand of the argument, those totems can be easier to defend depending on the gen it spawns next to. Like, what do you guys think of that? I definitely think there should be more hidden, whether it's like inside crates on something like Croft or the cornfield maps. Um, just basically hidden within objects i think they'll be the best placements for them rather than you know you can see them from across the side of the other side of the map 
Yeah, absolutely. But like the ones that I'm kind of discussing are, you know, those like jungle gyms, especially where like you have a gen and straight next to it is a totem. I spot. know what ones you mean, especially when they spawn on the generator right. and then they just rotate the camera uh, as they're going along. Uh, and I go, oh, there's a totem there. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. It shouldn't be anywhere near them. Exactly. And so like part, part of me says that shouldn't happen. But another part of me says that, you know, sometimes that becomes your area. Right, you can pressure that area and if you down a survivor there it's really easy to keep survivors off of that totem as well so it's kind of like a 50 50 on both sides yeah i can get that in all fairness a few of the other kids have also <laughs> expressed that they'd rather that's why i've like been stuck yeah, about it they'd rather people not spawn next to them yeah fair enough of course like it's, it's the stupidest thing okay so moving on what are your best moments Honestly, anytime I don't spawn into RPD, Midwitch, or Hawkins, like <laughs> that's a good day for me as a killer. And um, I think also uh, 4King is speed limiter, Bubba. I think <laughs> those are those are truly my best moments. Fair enough. So, if you were talking to yourself in the past, what's the key thing you would tell yourself about this killer? Um, I would tell myself to charge my shred around corners while moonwalking. <laughs> now, this sounds complex but it uh, really isn't so I have two fun facts about shred that some people may not know just to set the grounds for this little maneuver first thing is that there are two versions of the shred one is the not fully charged shred which goes slower and shorter than the fully charged one and then there's of course the fully charged one which is faster and goes a longer distance a fully charged shred is distinguished by a little sound cue and there's only like a second difference between a not fully charged and a fully charged shred. The other fun fact is that survivors don't hear an audio cue of the demo charging their shred until the shred is fully charged. Right? What that means is until you're, you get the sound cue of your shred being fully charged, survivors don't get a so sound cue either. And a fully charged shred travels at 460% movement speed for 11 meters. That is two times the speed of Hillbilly's chainsaw travels at without add-ons, just to like put it in context. This means that the survivors basically have barely any time to react if they aren't ready for a shred. So now that we are through the context, what is the trick? What is the trick? What you can do as a demogorgon is that when a survivor breaks line of sight, for example, at a pallet gym, you can moonwalk to hide your red stain while charging your shred so that the survivor thinks you're dou doubling back. And once it's charged, you should basically be around the corner by then, which means just as the survivor hears the audio cue of your shred and becomes aware that you're about to shred, you're already lunging at them. It's a very clever tactic and I love every bit of it. I wish I knew it when I first started it because it can come in handy in so many situations around corners and especially pallet gyms. Oh, that's very interesting. What is your favorite title to play as Demogorgon? Um, Shaq without a doubt. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like not many killers would agree, but um, I feel like for Demogorgon it's great. Not only can you utilize the tactic that I disclosed at the shack, which makes it even more entertaining and satisfying. I think the shack is where both sides actually stand a good chance because the demo is actually really good, good at dealing with the shack, but good survivors can still waste your time on it. So it's this little interaction that goes on at the shack where it truly feels like the side that plays better wins, whether that be injuring or downing a survivor for the demo or getting another loop out of the shack for the survivor. There's always this constant interaction and I love it because when I actually get a hit or a down there, I actually feel like I deserved it and I actually outplayed the survivor. 
So what is the most effective way to use the Demogorgon Shred? Um, well, that kind of completely depends on the type of survivor you're going against and your context. Shred is a fairly versatile power in Chase achieving a bunch of things, so I think the simple answer to the question would be there isn't a single way to effectively use Demogorgon's Shred. But the ways you kind of utilize the Shred are zoning and baiting survivors off of pallets or windows, punishing survivors who window vaults and pallet drops in position, Utilizing the Shred being able to break pallets to zone survivors, using it to hit the obsession to preserve save the best for last stacks, and lastly, using it for small scale traversal. Now last point may be a little confusing so I'll quickly expand on it. I don't like constant I don't like mean constantly charging your shred and traveling through the map with your shred, but when you're on a hill or a height, if you shred attack, the distance you travel can double and sometimes even treble, triple with a fully charged shred. So I actually like to put portals up on hills to maximize traversal. Do you play tiles differently by zoning using shred partway through the tile? Oh, absolutely. It's a cheesy trick uh, to all ranged killers such as Deathslinger, Huntress, Pyramid Head and Nemesis can do and it works like a charm. Generally when you charge your shred you will find survivors will try to either strafe or to beta hit out, in which case I wait until they run back into their original pathway and, you know, shred, or they will like run into you or run into the middle of nowhere, in which case I'll just cancel my shred and just M1 them. Um, and also something that a lot of Demogorgons will discover as they keep playing him is that his shred's hitbox is actually like bigger than it seems. So a lot of the time, when a survivor is rounding, for example, like a jungle gym tile, you can charge your shred halfway through. And even if they make it behind the pallet, if you let go, you can still down them even if they're behind the pallet. It's kind of like a huntress hatchet where like they can be behind the corner, but you can still hit their little hitbox. It kind of seems like a grenade, but you know, you can still down or injure survivors there. So how do you set up your portals and is there a plan? Um, well, we have kind of touched on it as we went through questions. Um, your three gen must have at least two portals on it, just in case they destroy one, um, you can still get back into it. You know, three gens is the best friend of every killer. I like to place portals at exit gates for aftermath of hatch, and a lot of exit gates are near gens, so I get to pressure generators as well. Um, hills are a definite must for me, even if there are like no gens near a hill, I will still place one there just so I can fly off of it. Uh, that one isn't all that strategic, but I don't care. I love flying off and it's very useful if it's near a generator. Um, if there's a particular spot that I found survivors like to reset or run to in that particular game, I will always set one there just so I can pressure them off or cut distance. And the rest of the portals I like to kind of keep a spare. Um, just in case I'm in a scenario where I have to return to a particular area, I can just immediately place a portal and teleport back to save time and whatnot. Um, I'll keep a portal or two for scenarios like that. As to where I place my portals, I like to set them right next to the you know strong areas that I don't want survivors to go to. For example, if there's a generator next to the shack, I'll place a portal on the pallet side of the shack so I can push the survivor away from the shack or get a free hit if they decide to run to it. If there's a dead zone near a generator, I'll place the portal to the opposite side of the dead zone so when I come out of it, the survivors either have to run into me and get hit 
or run to the dead zone, in which case I get a free hit anyways. Okay. And if you could make any tweaks to the Demogorgon, what would they be? Um, I personally wouldn't make any tweaks to Demo at all, because like I said, he's the most balanced killer in the game, in my opinion, and that's why I love him. Everything I can do, the survivors have a way to counter, which promotes a very healthy interaction between the two sides. And I honestly hope that behavior makes more killers like Demo. We would like to thank you for being part of our podcast. I definitely feel people will learn more about Demo from this. Absolutely. It was great. Thanks for having me along. It was a pleasure. If you have listened to the end, we would like to thank you. And if you want to hear more interviews like this, then please subscribe. This interview was recorded before patch 5.3.0 and although nothing major has changed in the interview, there might be some minor changes to perks and add-ons. I would like to thank Daddy Crom Jesus for the interview, myself, Jamie Lee 2K and Evil for Hire for co-hosting the interview, and Topher for being a part of the intro. Any links will be in the description of the podcast and we look forward to you here in the next one.